0: So once again, I should only speak for myself, but you may have had the experience of starting an exercise regime or trying a diet or maybe even just giving up something for Lent. And you start off with the best of intentions. You know what you're going to do. It's all going to be simple. And then one morning, it's raining early in the morning when you're meant to go for the run. Or you pass by that plate of M&Ms and you just can't quite stop yourself, or whatever it is you've given up for Lent, just proves really difficult one day. So, you make a small bargain with yourself, just a little exception to the otherwise hard and fast rule. And then you ask somebody else about it, and they go, "Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Don't worry about that." And then, of course, there's another morning, or another plate of M&Ms, or another whatever it is, and you know in your heart that you are breaking the rules, that it just doesn't quite feel right. And you might do 95%, 99% of what you need to do, and yet, that little bit of perfection, which is missing, drives you mad, and worse, makes you guilty. And so whatever it is, whatever the intentions you started off with, you actually don't enjoy this, and worse, You feel bad about it. It's not a great situation. And that, I think, is what St. Paul is talking about in this passage from Romans this morning. It's about the law. I don't know if you read the Old Testament. If you read the books of the Torah, reading it throughout the year, it takes you well into April, okay? It's a lot of stuff in there. There are a lot of rules. And it is hard to keep every single one of them. And yet, as you'll recall, that was it precisely the job of the scribes and the Pharisees, whom Jesus was forever complaining about. So what St. Paul says here is, I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now, he's saying a couple of things there. First, he's saying. Almost by buying into these rules, I set myself up to fail them. But there is also something about the structure of the rules themselves, which overwhelms me and drives me to do what I do not want. So whether it's that exercise regime, whether it's that diet or I'll use the word, whether it's sin, all of these things through this stacking up of rules, becomes harder to do and makes us feel worse, and we will never, ever feel good about ourselves. So, what are we to do? Well, as St. Paul says at the end of the reading, who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, we go on to the Gospel reading, but I'm not going to look at the whole of it. I'd just like us to look at the last couple of sentences, the last paragraph, as it's set out in the bulletin. Come to me all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Some of you who are familiar with right one will know that these actually form one of four readings which are known as the comfortable words. These were words originally picked out by Cranmer at the very beginning at least of the English Reformation and put into the prayer book. And they were not voluntary. They were obligatory, something that the priest had to say. What are comfortable words? Well, they're not cozy, they're not soft, they're not warm. The real meaning of comfortable in this sense is strong. If you look at the fort in the middle, that's still strong in French. The comfortable words are words which are meant to reassure us, to strengthen us. What is really interesting about the comfortable words is where they appear in the prayer book they come immediately after the absolution and before the Eucharistic prayer. And what that tells us, at least about Cranmer's theology, about reformed theology, and technically about our theology, is that firstly, sorry, bad news guys, um, priests can deliver absolution, but it's God's absolution. It's God's forgiveness. And that precedes the service or anything in the past 2000 years. That freedom, that forgiveness was bought on the cross. And that forgiveness is revealed once and for all in the Bible. And this was very different to the idea that the pre-Reformation Catholic Church had. Everything built towards the Eucharist, towards the reenacted sacrifice on the altar. There's a reason why it's called an altar this reenacted sacrifice on the altar. This was the whole purpose. This was when Jesus once again was sacrificed and becomes body and blood. Yet in the Reformation, that was not what they were saying. What they were saying was, this is already in Scripture. This has already been bought for us. And therefore, the sacrament, the Eucharist, in fact, becomes the playing out of the gospel itself, becomes a symbol of the word rather than the other way around. And what Cranmer does by putting in these words here is he says, you just heard the priest, okay. But actually, here's what's in the Bible. And he picks out these words. These are the first of the four comfortable words. In the old language, it's come unto me, all ye that travail and a heavy burden, and I will give you rest. I will refresh you. And here it says, come to me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens, I will give you rest. That is the promise from God. The promise from God is not follow this thousand set of, you know, thousand rules, 10,000 rules, whatever it is. It is come to me and I will give you rest. And that is a dramatically different message. Now don't get me wrong, there are plenty of churches and the Episcopal church has been in this position from time to time where you get a lot of rules. And, you know, what do you do? Do you tick the box? Do you check all the way down? Or do you say, what is it that we're trying to do here? And what Jesus says in this passage is, come to God. Come to me. And the difference between the rules, the law that Jesus gives us, and between the Mosaic law, between the law of the Torah, is that this is not about a set of rules which must be followed, This is about a way of living. This is about how are we with God and how are we with each other. And it's also about a lifelong learning by being in that posture, by opening our hearts and ourselves to what it is that God is saying in the Bible and through others. He says, take my yoke upon you And learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Learn from me. We also need to look at this idea of the yoke. What is a yoke? If any of you come from farming backgrounds, you will know that in the old days, animals were yoked together. It was the wooden thing which joined them together. But there is also a yoke which humans use. Think of pictures you've seen of milkmaids, for example, a wooden thing around the neck, helping them to carry that. It is to be sure. A burden. But Jesus says, my burden is life. Now, what does he mean by that? Well, go back to the, come unto me, all you that are weary and carrying heavy burdens. What might those burdens be? The burdens of life, to be sure. The burdens of everyday life. The burdens of family. The burdens of illness. The burdens of concern and worry and everything that consumes us. And yes, Jesus says, bring those to God. But there are other burdens as well. There is the burden that St. Paul talks about, the burden of sin. Again, Jesus says, bring that to God. It's forgiven. And there's one more type of burden that he's talking about, and this is specifically about rules. He talks in other places about the scribes and the Pharisees, placing these impossible burdens upon the people through these rules which have to be followed. And he goes, my way is different. And again, an important word there is way. As you know, the original Christians were called followers of the way before they were called Christians. And this again is about this lifelong learning experience of being with God and of being with others. And it's that which is important. It's not about the rules. So going back to the diet or the exercise regime or the Lenten stuff or whatever it is, that's all good and well. There are always good reasons for doing that. But that is not what Christianity is about. That is not what our life is about. Our life is about living in the way of Christ. We do have burdens. There is no way that we don't. And being faithful to those sometimes means putting away anger, putting away jealousy. Think of the Beatitudes slightly earlier on in Matthew's Gospel there are things which it is hard to do because they come to us naturally as humans. But Jesus is saying, learn with me. Learn with me. You do not have to be perfect because God loves you. You just have to be with me and with each other. Amen.